Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hey, 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 and welcome back to our podcast. Today is a very, perhaps, heavy topic. Not heavy in a sense that we want you to get that it's heavy and dark and gloomy. No. It's heavy, yet again, because of a term, a word, a label that our society mostly, definitely Western culture, but Eastern as well. It's now perhaps a global term for doom and gloom. And that term, that word is addiction. Who wants to in their right mind or left, haha, side joke, who in their right mind would want to say, I am an addict or I am dating an addict or I'm married to an addict, right? It's almost as if you're saying you're married to a person or you are a person who is literally rotten at the core, struggling, falling apart. You know, when we hear the word addict, check in with yourself. What comes to mind when someone says, oh, my son is, is an addict? What comes to mind is probably some, you know, shooting a substance with a needle up your arm image or uh, a meth crack kind of face that's just like falling apart, teeth falling out. I mean, look, I don't want to put images in your mind. You have your own version of that. And if you are an addict or you have a family member or friend that's an addict, then you know what I'm talking about. First of all, I want to be clear that it is a serious issue. This is not an episode making fun of addiction or saying addiction is not real. Uh, again, however, we will reserve the right to say that just like with ADHD, it's not that addiction is real because again, it's a made up word. Everything we, every word we use has been created did not exist before humans created it. Before that, things just were. So what we're saying is when there's addictive behaviors, those behaviors cause friction in the world, issues, struggles. That's real, yes. What we're coming here to perhaps dissect today is just simply where addiction comes from. And we are by no means addiction experts. There are great experts out there. Uh, one of our favorite is Gabor Mate, one of our former guests on this episode. Um, if you haven't heard his episode, it's called The Root Cause of ADHD. Highly recommend it. You look that up. Uh, Dr. Gabor Mate has years and years and years of experience working with addicts on the streets in Canada where he practiced. And he saw addicts firsthand on a daily basis. 
And one of the conclusions he came to, and we're going to tie this all back to ADHD. No worries if you're here because you want ADHD info, we will deliver. So Dr. Gabor Mate realized over the years, you know, working with individuals, men and women, all ages, on the streets, addicts, right? That all addicts came from or had troubled childhoods. Now, when we say or when he says troubled childhoods, you know, traumatic childhoods, trauma in their childhood, he's not just referring to uh, abusive parents, drug use, you know, even divorces. There are many other traumas. For example, what people don't realize is lack of nurture. The right kind of nurture for a child, for a baby at an early age, you know, lack of nurture from the mother and or father or both is just as much of a trauma for a certain child's nervous system like then for someone else abuse is. You know, we're, we're, we're living in a society where we're always trying to, to normalize and box and, and label things. So often I hear parents say, well, but you know, my, my neighbor's son down the street is the same age as my son goes to the same school and they have the same, you know, hobbies. And my son has ADHD and he doesn't have ADHD and none of the families had any trauma. Right. And of course, Yes, first of all, your child is completely different, even if on the surface your child might look like it's a carbon copy of another child or a sibling, but that's simply not true. No child is alike. So we need to stop trying to uh, standardize children. You know, we can't just say, oh, it worked for this kid, so it's going to work for that kid. That's not even a scientific truth. But we do that in the name of science kind of strange. But anyway, back to addiction. So Dr. Gabor Mate, clearly uh, um, in his book, In the Realm of the Hungry Ghost, describes that addicts aren't addicts because they're addicts. Wow, that's a mouthful. I'm going to say that again. Addicts aren't addicts because they're addicts. And here's the parallel to ADHD. People with ADHD don't have ADHD because they have ADHD, right? That may, may sound like a weird sentence, but I'll say it again. People with ADHD don't have ADHD because they have this disorder called ADHD. There is a cause to ADHD that we're not looking at. Now, it's a twofold cause, and I won't get into it too much here. Like I said, listen to uh, Gabor Mate's podcast episode, The Root Cause of ADHD, on our podcast. He's a former guest, and it was an amazing episode, an amazing opportunity for me to talk to Dr. Gabor Mate himself, and I uh, really, really recommend you listen to this. But the point here is this. We hear this often, parents, if you're listening, and your child or your friend's child or your friend has just been diagnosed with ADHD, there are many common misconceptions around ADHD. And it's funny because both sides have their myths, right? Like, for example, it's always funny when I hear what I call camp coping, the other side say, 
oh, kids with ADHD um, are not lazy because they're lazy kids. It's because they have ADHD. That's such a shallow myth. Of course they're not lazy. What are you talking about? And I know that a lot of teachers and, and, or even parents have this conception so that they think, oh, my child is lazy, he doesn't want to do the work. And then they realize, oh, he has ADHD. And then they go, oh, oh, okay. So it's not that he's lazy, but he has this disorder. Oh, now it makes sense. Well, first of all, that's a complete myth. Laziness is, is a fear we all have. If my child's going to be lazy, he's not going to make it in, in life, right? But we never ask, why is my child, you know, showing these symptoms? Not because he or she has ADHD. That's just a label, labeling those symptoms. We can't just say, we can't stop there. I mean, to me, that's just common sense. You just can't say, oh, oh, he has ADHD, that's why. No, we have to look at what causes the child to be distracted or not to be able to focus. What is going on in their environment? I highly also recommend you listen to Bruce Lipton's episode um, that we recently did, There Is No ADHD Gene, which by the way, there is not. And I know that the common misconception is that ADHD is genetic. And so then if we don't know, have more information, we think there must be a gene for it. Well, there's not. Ask any expert you believe in, or you believe, on, on the other side, camp coping, ask them to show you that evidence. No one can because it does not exist. That's a fact. Now, is it genetic as in like, could, it be, could you be predisposed to a certain type of wiring in your brain? Yes, but it's never predetermined. Again, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about that. We can rewire our brains. Our environment, you know, influences and dictates which genes are turned on or off. Even if there was an ADHD gene, even at that point, we still wouldn't be predetermined to get something like ADHD. Dr. Lipton takes it further into diabetes and cancer. No genes. There are no genes. So just be wary, parents, friends, people with, with ADHD, humans, be wary of the, the slogans you hear out there. Both sides have their myths. And one of our myths is that you don't have ADHD because you have ADHD. There is a deeper cause at the root of your behavior, of your child's behavior, that's caused this thing we now labeled as ADHD. All it really is, is the environment, this starts in like prenatal, uh, during, in the womb, a child's nervous system gets stressed out by certain events. There's now even evidence that ultrasound stresses a very tiny, tiny, let's call it baby, sounds cuter than embryo or whatever stage they're in. A tiny baby, a tiny baby's nervous system gets stressed out by even things like ultrasound. Why? Because it's freaking stressful to hear or feel this new sound or vibration that you've never heard before. You just I don't want to say you arrived, you haven't popped out, but you're being conceived inside the body of someone who's on this planet. So you're essentially already, you know, you have arrived on the planet. You just haven't come out and seen the, the light of day, but that's stressful. And then 
add on top of that a, perhaps a stressful birth, a mother who's who was prepared by the wrong people who, you know, talk about you got to take medication because it's going to hurt or you hear, in, in my wife's case, you hear another woman next door right before you give birth scream like she's dying of being stabbed to death, like that kind of scream and you've never had a child. So now you go into stress. Now you freak out, right? Then you, you're born into this cold for the most part, unless you're doing a home birth or some other alternative version in this cold hospital with white walls and everybody's dressed like a freaking scientific alien with gloves and things and, and grabbing you with, you know, slapping you. And I don't know if they still do that, but you know, all those things, you add that and then, and then add on top of that, all the stresses, all the things that our current world throws at our little ones. And it's an insane amount of noise of stress, distractions, confrontations, challenges. You know, there's so much energetically that these little beings can feel. And that's not made up. That's not a spiritual foo-foo. That's scientifically proven. They are so sensitive to noises and things and smells and sound, and it's all coming at them because they're, they're learning how to be in, on this planet. It's all coming at them. It's such rapid fire kind of, it's like a fire hose, right? Shooting at them and they're trying to process it, taking it all in and evaluate it with their little brains. Now, the moment there's a feeling of unsafe, and this is a key word here in our entire movement of this ADHD is over. When a being feels unsafe, we go into protective mode. And when we go into protective mode, we are equipped with what I call the supercomputer that actually can now take in more information to process faster to then give us the sense that we're safe. You know, like a, a soldier who's back from war and who goes to his local bar, he's not going to sit in that bar with his back to the door. That's just not what that person's going to do because at war, they've learned not to suscept themselves, not to uh, uh, add, a, you know, added risk because they could die. So naturally you take in information as you walk into that bar and this is a PTSD kind of uh, quality as well. And then there's a big overlap between PTSD and, and ADHD. There's lots of kids that are misdiagnosed with ADHD that actually just have a form of PTSD. And I don't mean just a form like it's, it's less uh, severe, but you know, PTSD is what it says. It's post-traumatic. It's after something traumatic happened, stress disorder. Still, I think the D should be dropped. And actually I was told that uh, veterans don't use the D because they don't want to be labeled with a disorder. It's just post-traumatic stress, period, PTS. What is that? Well, there we go. It's stressful events have happened, traumatic events, and you get stressed out. The nervous system instantly goes on high alert. If you're in that bar and somebody comes in and slams the door and starts yelling, that, that veteran, will his nervous system will go into survival mode right there into defense and he's ready to fight because he, he, he's feeling unsafe. The same thing, and you can quote me on this, 
and I will take on any expert discussing this, the same thing happens to kids that we label with ADHD. There was a moment in life or many moments, for most of us it's many, it's multiple, that the nervous system got stressed out. And now we go to survival mode. And now we can't learn algebra or some silly school, uh, uh, you know, subject that we're not interested in when we're in survival mode. It's impossible for the brain to do that. It can only process one at a time. And there's a reason for that. Because when you are under attack and stress and you're about to die, I don't think you're going to think about what you want for lunch or what, you know, an algebra equation means, you know, what's the answer to it. You're not. You are there to survive. Everything in your system gets activated to survive right now, this moment. Nothing else matters. Survive. So how is that related to addiction? Because I titled this episode ADHD and Addiction. Again, addicts aren't addicts because they're addicts. Addicts are addicts because they have become addicts as a result of coping with this survival, um, with this need to survive, to feel safe. And most addicts get a high, right? We call it a chemical uh, dopamine a receptor high. There's a reward, right? They get rewards from doing drugs. And by the way, when we say addicts, we mean everything from overeating, anorexia, alcohol, cocaine, you know, drug addiction, but also sex addiction. Uh, there's many addiction. All of these have the same thing in common, right? We get the reward and then we get addicted to those rewards. The brain, you know, we then feel good when getting the reward. Most addicts had traumatic events in their lives that didn't allow them or didn't, you know, when it wasn't processed, they weren't able to be with their emotions, whether it's sadness, anger. There was no role model. Nobody taught them how to express, for example, healthy aggression, anger, right? Or to be with sadness, especially men. Don't be sad. Can't be sad. You're a man. Get over it. Man up. Blah, blah, blah. So you can see how these emotions also by angry parents, by incapable parents, alcoholics, drug users, you know, and so forth. Parents who beat their children, who, who verbally abuse them. You know, again, the gamut, the, the spectrum is so wide. Do not think that there's no trauma in your life. We all have trauma. If you think there was no trauma in your childhood, you probably tapped, you've probably tapped it down. It would be worth digging into it, digging down into the barrel and seeing what's there. Because any behavior in our lives that are not constructive, that are not fulfilling, that are, that are not allowing us to thrive at the root somewhere have a stress or trauma from our childhood that's unresolved. And I recently heard one expert, I believe it was Stephen Fry, uh, Benjamin Fry, who um, we are hoping to get on our podcast as well. Uh, a, uh, a therapist out of, uh, entrepreneur, therapist, author out of England, who said in a recent podcast with one of our guests, Kirkland Newman, who, uh, was in the episode, uh, Mind Health 360, he said that 
a lot of us are re, are sort of reenacting or acting out or stuck in this loop of a trauma that didn't get resolved and we're still re, we haven't fully allowed ourselves to react to that trauma and process it so we're still in that loop of reacting to that not what's happening right now in life but we're still reacting to the thing that happened when we were a child so nowadays it's kind of like the soldier at the bar, right? He's reacting to the loud man walking into the bar, slamming the door, yelling. But really, he's reacting to an event that happened in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever war the person was in, right? So why is that important? It's important because, first of all, there's a notion and there's even, I call it a myth, that humans or people with ADHD or children with ADHD are more likely to become addicts in the future. And that is simply not true for two reasons. First of all, there was a, uh, well, let me start with a simpler one. First of all, again, anyone with ADHD, if they become an addict, indeed, they might. I mean, we have many addicts, not all of them have ADHD. If they become an addict, it's not because of the ADHD. The ADHD is simply a label that describes a bunch of symptoms, a bunch of uh, friction in that environment that's caused by something else, which we are discovering, not we, but a lot of experts and scientists and doctors and therapists are discovering, has to do with stress and trauma. So therefore, it is simply not true that people with ADHD are more likely to become addicts. First of all, it's not true on that level. Second, there was a 30-year study that Nadine Lambert at Berkeley did that never got published. Unfortunately, she had a car accident, tragic car accident, before she was able to publish her study, but she had announced her study, and that study proved she followed over 700 children into their adulthood, and it proved that actually the myth, it was actually the opposite that children who were medicated for ADHD were more likely to end up smoking, drinking, doing drugs, potentially becoming addicts, and it wasn't the other way around. And you can Google that. You can look that up. Nadine Lambert, Berkeley, Ritalin study. When we read this, and this was confirmed, we had later talked to her son, also talked to Berkeley. Of course, the study was never published and magically supposedly was shredded when the department moved to a new building. Yeah, a little fishy, but hey, we'll let that slide. We are not about conspiracy in this um, podcast, in this movement. We are about giving parents power. And knowledge is power, so know those facts. Don't just buy it from camp, hoping, coping. Don't just listen when they say it's genetic and go, okay, there must be a gene, nothing I can do or it's a chemical imbalance, oh, it's part of the brain that's broken, okay, well, then we need medication. Or, oh, medication's the most effective, everyone says that, so then that's it, right? Coping for life. Do not buy into that. We are not anti-meds. Meds help some people in the, in the short term, like a Band-Aid. But unfortunately, most parents look at it as the life solution, coping for life, medication, right? So, why is this all important when we talk about ADHD and addiction? Because when our son first got diagnosed, the principal of our school pulled us aside after we had talked to his teacher and said, 
I just want you to know, I know because we had said that we're not interested in medication at this point. And he said, I know you're not interested in medication, but just know that if you do not medicate your son, he most likely will self-medicate down the road and he might end up become a drug addict and go to prison. And because of that threat, that threat has been heard by many parents. We've talked to countless parents who've had the same words come out of someone's mouth, that their son or daughter might end up being addicted to drugs or even end up in jail. And because of that threat, it's important for us to say that that is simply not true, that it is not true that people with ADHD are more likely to become addicts because addicts become addicts for trauma and stress reasons in their childhood. And so do people with ADHD. So there is an overlap, but it has nothing to do with ADHD or addiction. So please parents be aware of that. This is a short episode we needed to do on this topic because we keep hearing this. Do not worry that if you do not medicate your children, that they will end up as addicts or in jail. That is simply not true. Some do, but not for the reasons of having ADHD. It is the environment that has caused them, their upbringing, the environment, the upbringing that has caused them to get there, whether they have ADHD or not. Thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure. We want you to have a life that's worth living for, a thriving life, not a coping. We're about thriving. We're not about tips or strategies. We're about changing your perspective so you and your family can thrive. And still, your unique children can be themselves and unfold rather than being molded by the expectation of society to become productive members of society in a way that society wants us to raise our children. You are the parents of your children. You, ultimately, when you trust your intuition, know what's best for your child. So trust. Until next time, have an amazing day.